0: Welcome to the Sports Betting
1: Preview Podcast from pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip.
2: Vegas, baby.
0: With your host, RJ Bell. I saw him on ESPN.
1: Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild.
0: Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is Marco D'Angelo, your host, along with Vegas Runner and Steven Nover. And we're going to take a look at this week's action. And guys, how you doing this week? Hey, Marco. I feel great. Back from uh, vacation, rejuvenated. Rejuvenated? you come limping into the office and uh, holding your side? Uh, come on, give us the story. What, uh, yeah, what happened? Right
1: ribs are a little injured after... Uh, Doing a little jiu-jitsu seminar with a friend of mine that uh, we met in California, and he kind of tossed me around. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I'm all right.
0: I heard it was just a real good birthday present from your <laughs> wife. That's what I heard. What, <laughs>
2: yeah. What's the matter, VR? You didn't like some of your picks? No, 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 no. Just
1: messing around. But I, I've realized that I'm out of shape now, and I've come back with, like— uh, well, totally hey, dieting getting back in shape
2: i told you not to put out the nationals <laughs> <laughs> never
1: Dude, they win one out of four games you got to be giving me plus 300 every game all right guys
0: well we're uh, taping on wednesday as we normally do and uh so we're going to recap real quick some of the things that happened uh over the weekend of course uh we had the Stanley Cup Finals on Friday night, probably one of the best hockey games. Uh, you know, Again, I'm biased on Pittsburgh, but uh, if you're a hockey fan, you had to enjoy Game 7 on Friday night with the Penguins uh, going Absolutely. into Detroit.
1: Until Game 7, yeah. I didn't think they, they, they were going to have a chance. Remember I told you even when Detroit got up 2-0, and even when Pittsburgh, I told they're going to tie it up, don't get too happy because they're going to lose it in 6. But when they forced the Game 7, honestly, I said – this might be the passing of the torch because this team lost to them last year in the finals. Now they got them in a game seven, all the pressure all of a sudden switches sides and it's on Detroit and Pittsburgh came out there playing, playing great. I mean, it, this was one of the best playoffs of hockey. I think they, they generated so many new fans for the NHL. I, I really believe that.
0: Great point. And, uh, actually I did a blog yesterday. You can check it out at pre uh, pregame blogs. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and again, I I know I'm a homer, but seriously, talk, think about it. They could be the savior for hockey. I mean, you got a young team, very, you know, Sidney Crosby, the league's in love with, you know, good looking kid, you know, young, you know, coming up under the, you know, the shadow of, you know, Mario Lemieux took him under his wing. I mean, he actually lived with Mario when he first came into the league, uh, you know, just a great story. And. This team, if they hold them together, I mean, you got Melkin, Crosby, Stahl, Andre, you know Mark Andre Fleury. How how about his goaltending in the third period? Uh, you know in Game Seven, he
1: he was on point, and he he was criticized a little bit in the finals for for being inconsistent because during the season he he was so phenomenal at certain intervals, but uh, he got a little criticized. But he showed up, man. He showed up game for Game seven. seven because I mean, yeah. there's
0: no question. I mean, they had to actually yank him, you know, in Detroit the Game think that Five.
1: Him the future Hall of Famer. That that winning that championship I believe got him in. Um,
2: My take on the hockey is uh, well first it's great for Pittsburgh you know they have to put up with the Pirates during baseball season (laughs) but to get both the Steelers and the Penguins in and what I've always admired about hockey is is the traditions and uh, Pittsburgh all the credit in the world to go into Detroit and win that game seven and uh, obviously very very hard for Detroit to lose that but Following the great hockey tradition, afterwards everybody met at center ice for the yes. handshake. And when I saw that, you know who I thought of? LeBron James. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> you know what's what, what's strange? That all the, the sports championships have been up in the Northeast. All, look, the, the last few years, you got you know the, the the Red Sox, you got the New England Patriots, you have the Phillies, you have the Giants. You know, I, all these teams are in that little Pittsburgh, the Steelers. We're, we're badass in back that East little, face. you know, corner right there in the Northeast has so many championships, man. The West Coast, absolutely none. Well, Terror's the Lakers now well may disagree. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. Of course, that that's the one team. But I'm, you know, what I'm saying? It, it, it's just for so many championships to be right up there. It's well, if incredible. you can go
0: through the winners, we go through. You can go through anything. That's the, you know, that's it. But. Uh, great uh you know steven you said you know the great pitcher you know at center ice everybody shaking hands i didn't think of lebron james at that point the guy i was thinking about was hossa here's a guy that played for the penguins last year left the free yeah. agent because and and he said you know i love pittsburgh but i want to win a cup and once his I, name on the cup i want my name on the cup and i got a better chance in detroit What do you think was going through that poor guy's, you know, head when he's shaking hands with all of his ex-teammates? Just wasn't meant to be. (laughs) You know, know, that's what I thought about, but I got a sick, twisted mind. So, uh, moving on, the Lakers, congratulations to the Lakers in one big choke job for the Orlando (laughs) Magic. I, I mean... What they did in game four, uh, you know, I, and I'll tell everybody, I had a big play. You know, I talked about it last week on the show. I'm not going to hide it. I had or- the Orlando Magic game four. That was my playoff game of the year. They did everything but win that game. You, you know, how you miss 15 foul shots in, in the NBA, you know, and end up in a tie. Leave a guy wide open for a three pointer at the end of the game when you're up by three. I, I don't know what this team was thinking. And then after they ended up losing that game in overtime, You know, I thought and a lot of our handicappers on the site thought that Orlando would come back in game five and play for pride, not to have the Lakers celebrating on their home floor.
1: I I thought they lost the championship, like you said, in in game four. I mean, in the fourth quarter, they lost the championship. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is where they lost it. But uh, I I myself, I sat out game five only because this team didn't have the pedigree show me in the past that they will come back and they will force, you know, a game six in L.A. Uh, So that I was hoping that, actually. But um, I I sat on the sidelines only because, you know, they they hadn't proved to me that they would bounce back. And uh, like you said, that was it. After fourth quarter of game four, that was the end of the season. Game
0: five was an absolute gutless performance by the Orlando Magic. That's all I can say. What do you you think, Steven?
1: Well, I...
2: You know, predicted the Lakers would be the champions. I I thought they would meet the Cavaliers, though, in the finals. And with Orlando, I was with the majority of guys in game five thinking Orlando would, you know, send it to L.A., and i thought that they had shown uh through the course of the playoffs some resiliency and some guts they had won a game 7 in boston they had taken out the cavaliers right. they had won that game 3 after losing a heartbreaker in game 2 in la on a uh, on a goaltending call that could have you know that should have maybe been called and and uh, so i thought they would show something but they were exposed as not being as talented not being as smart not being as gutty as the lakers and i think we had criticized Van Gundy earlier this season, and uh, his coaching and abilities compared to Phil Jackson came home to roost in that game four specifically.
0: They just did, you know, the, you, heard, you hear the phrase so many times, you, know, you have to learn how to win. And Orlando, to me, just hadn't learned how to win yet. the way they closed games out, because really, if you think about it, whenever it was three1 Lakers after game four, if they closed out the games properly, Orlando could have been up 3-1 instead of down 3-1. Yeah. They could have won three of those four games.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It just, like like Steve said, in the end, the Lakers showed they were the, the tougher team, the team with more heart. The team that was going to get it done regardless how, whether it was pretty or whether it was ugly, they were walking away with the ring.
2: To win an NBA championship, um, this is a point I've always hammered home it's a tier system you've got to wait your turn you've got to get up there Orlando wasn't quite there the Lakers had two things going they were there they were at that stage they lost in the finals last year and they have the big superstar Uh, you can say well Orlando has a superstar Dwight Howard Mm -hmm. Dwight Howard very good very promising player still can improve but right now he is not in the Kobe Bryant LeBron James Dwayne Wade class a true superstar does not miss those free throws the way he did in game four and uh, you talk about Orlando, and I know Turkaloo had some misses, too. He's not the greatest free-throw shooter either. But to me, a true superstar steps up, and a true superstar is not deficient in any part of the game. And I'm not saying Howard has to be a 90% free-throw shooter, but come on, at least 70%. Yeah, you got to hit one of them.
0: Well, uh, two points. One, I want to congratulate Vegas runner. You did give the Lakers out Um for the series uh you know actually you said to win the title you did it in the middle of the i believe the denver series when the price became reasonable because of the first 25 uh so you know that great call on your part and uh, one observation that i had and it doesn't happen that often in sports but it did happen this year in both the nba finals and the stanley cup finals you had two teams return that lost the championship Last the year, year before and they both come back and got Redemption. their and got yeah. you know got it. it you know there's something to you know get that close to taste you know the summit you know when you get back there you're you know you're you're going to be focused and and there's no question that uh, the Lakers got to job. and both have
1: arguably the best player in the league yeah. you know as their leader definitely
0: is a superstar um two points and we'll close out the basketball season Phil Jackson the, the
1: second-round pick of the New York Knicks back in the day. Uh, the uh, Zen Master, baby, who ran Tex Winner's triangle offense to a different level. Uh, honestly, yeah. I'm not one who says he's going to get out because he's at the top of his game. I, his legacy's already made, man. When you pass our back like you said earlier today, yeah. by getting his 10th and Red had nine, um your legacy's already stamped. It's already, the concrete's already dried, you know, at at the Hall of Fame. So it, his image won't be tarnished if he comes back and coaches five years and never even makes the playoffs again. Um, but It'll be forgotten after a couple of years. But um, bottom line is I think it's going to come down to his health, and I believe that is the main issue with him. If he feels that he could go through a whole season, Plus playoffs, possibly championship, and put his body through that and endure it at the level that he's capable of doing it, then he'll come back. But if not, I think he's going to retire. What do you think, Steven?
2: I I have no inside knowledge or anything about if he's going to retire or not. I I can't address the question if he's the greatest uh, NBA coach of all time, and I think he very well could be. Uh, You either compare him to Arbach, those are the two guys most uh, discussed as being the greatest coach. You have to remember about Arbach. He coached for a long time with Washington uh, and never could win anything. Then he came to the Celtics, and uh, he he didn't really win anything until Bill Russell came. Then he won like crazy. Mm -hmm. Now, Jackson... He's one with two different teams, with two different superstars, Jordan and Kobe Bryant. You could say, oh, yeah, you know, Jordan may be the greatest player of all time. Kobe, the best player in the NBA right now, except for maybe LeBron James. You could argue that. But you don't always win with the best player. So many of these other teams have great superstars. And uh, uh, so... I'm a Celtic fan. I grew up in the 60s watching the Celtics. I love them. But I, I'd have to say right now, Phil Jackson, uh, I couldn't argue if somebody said, well, he, I think he's the greatest coach of all time.
1: The one thing I want to add is the about him possibly coming back. Because he's such good friends with the Bus family, I mean, you know, with the daughter and everything. That's
0: yeah, pretty good friends. So,
1: I mean, he, he feels he has an obligation to them. Mm to come back and, and fill out his contract. I think he's the kind, especially with all his Zen teachings and all that, I, I believe that obligation has him wanting the return and take care of that. But I, I, it is going to come down to his health, I'm telling you. That's going to be the bottom line.
0: Personally, I think he's coached his last game. I, I think yeah. I, I don't think that he has anything left to prove. At different times, looking at him on the sidelines during the, cor- the course of the playoffs – I think he's had enough. 64 uh, he, he, years old, He's man. had he's a lot 65. of drama. I mean, Chicago was a great ride. The You know, the Lakers, I mean, it's been a freak show. Let, let, let's be honest. I mean, all the drama he's had with Kobe, Shaq, you know, the fact that he, he got back there, he was able to win without the combo of Kobe and Shaq, you know, doing it with two different teams, you know, passing Red Auerbach. There's not. I don't think there's anything left for him you know, to prove. And he's the type of guy I think with the Zen and everything that, Hey, you know, I'm in a happy place. Let's walk away and go from there. You know, maybe a year or two down the road, he'll get the itch again. But I, I don't, I just really don't see any reason for to him come to come back. back. That's my opinion.
1: Especially um, since the Lakers might, are going to have trouble re-signing that exact core group again. So
0: the, uh, one last basketball note, there's rumors floating around. Um, can it happen? I you know, I don't know. We'll get you guys take, but you know, they're floating the rumor of getting Shaq in Cleveland.
1: I, I think he's gonna go. I think it's a it's a it's a great fit for him. I don't think it's the the missing piece that Cleveland needs to get to the next level. I think they need a a powerful another forward or, or I think, you know, bring in A more capable guard play but I don't think they need Shaq's gonna come in and all of a sudden they're even a better favorite to to win the championship next year I mean maybe five six years ago and I love Shaq don't get me wrong and he'll help any team he goes on you know but I just don't think they're in need of of a Shaq to get them the ring that's what was missing this year
2: well uh, a few sick people like myself that do rotisserie basketball <laughs> actually know the kind of year Shaq had this past year. Mm. He had a very good right, year, right. and he's not washed up by any means based on how he played this year. I think that's a great fit because we had talked about this. It looks like LeBron was probably going to flee Cleveland. He's just only going to be there next year, so it's going to be hard to get a really good free agent there. Shaq has maybe only got one year left, yeah. so that is a perfect fit. Shaq can come in there and perhaps VR, he's not enough to push them over the top, but I think he could be enough if he's healthy and they use him right. Where oh, he'll he, help. He'll he help. definitely and I would think help. He's going. And I how think
0: much he's help do go. they need? They don't need that much more right, help. Right, right, right. If you put a big, you know, presence inside, dude, 3-5, you know, four,
1: three, five, you know what
0: I, I mean. mean, a score, a scoring presence, you know, <laughs> you know, that's going to just open things up more. Sure. And I think that you know the other guard play, you know, you know, with Gibson and stuff. It'll help. I mean, you know, it's going to take some of the pressure away.
2: It's the right tempo. It's the right fit because Cleveland is more of a half-court type style. Shaq was not a good fit at all with the Phoenix Suns. That was a crazy uh, plan. Especially
1: with the Antonio there.
2: Yeah, that didn't make any sense. But this this makes a lot of sense. Can you imagine LeBron driving, three guys flying out at him? Well, there's Shaq, you know, just dumping it right off and uh, slam dunk. I think that could work well.
0: Well, as a Cleveland fan uh, from my Pittsburgh days, uh, that would be great. And, And like you said, that would be Cleveland's one shot to, you know, if you want to use the phrase, you know, go ahead and try to buy the championship, that would be the best move. And like you said, he's got maybe one or two years left, so they're not going to be looking at a long term. And I think Shaq wants another ring so bad. Oh yeah. Especially Kobe for Kobe. Kobe got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's gonna want you know, that, that he'd you know, he'd take a contract just to play with LeBron. So interesting to see what the summer. That story is more interesting to me than the Brett Favre story. So yeah, you know, yeah, I'll I'll follow Favre that Favre one.
1: That'll be a story after he signs yeah. Minnesota. This but is uh, one big drama just for him to play for Minnesota.
0: That wraps up our segment one. We're going to be back here in segment two, and we'll be talking about some baseball teams to watch and some hot teams and what to look for here in the – uh, as we get close to the All-Star break, and we'll talk about uh, what I like to refer to as uh, almost quiet time of the you know, the calendar year uh, going with uh, you know, July baseball waiting for the football. So we'll get you guys' take on that. We'll be back in just one moment. This is Marco D'Angelo for the Sports Betting Preview Show, along with Steven Nover and Vegas Runner.
1: For free, real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com.
0: Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is segment two, and we're going to talk some baseball. And how about the Colorado Rockies? What they run off? Eleven wins in a row, and uh, they finally lost last night. Again, we're taping on Wednesday. Uh, so they had their winning streak snapped on Tuesday is this team, you know, can no. they make? <laughs> no, no, Michael, no, for starters, no, for starters, no. We'll both jump on that. No, for
1: starters. They're the first team I believe in history to win that many games in a row and not get themselves two or above five hundred. So they're the you know (laughs) they got on a nice little roll, a great run. I hope anyone was riding and made some money. I I bet them a few times myself, so I I was loving it.
0: Hey, this team's only a couple
1: years removed from the World Series, and impressively they were doing it on the road. Well, no,
2: eleven wins in a row is eleven wins in a row, but they are winning close games. They're playing bad teams. Uh, This is not a very good team.
1: No, but they're they're scored the key. Let me tell you why this team won. Okay. And I'm going to give the secret to baseball right here on this podcast. Runs scored. They are they are sixth in runs scored right now because of that 11-game win streak. Okay? You win bets by your team outscoring the opposition. A pitcher could only do so much for you because you can't win a game 0-0. Zero, zero. You need... To look at runs scored, that's the key in baseball, and that's why this team was winning.
0: Well, but- I, I agree with you hundred percent. And one, when you play at Coors Field, first of all, you're you know you're going to score runs. Um, the eleven game winning streak started though on the road yeah and that's what i'm saying
1: they scored 10 runs against st louis seven runs five runs six runs seven runs runs they were getting runs so even when they allowed four runs they were still winning the game
0: they were but you know what would impress me during their run is you know granted at the beginning of the streak they had the 10-3 win 11-4 win and 10-1 win but Look at, you know, they put up... Uh, yeah, the 3 twos you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah you're four right, two. They you're had right. four games in a row where, you know, they they held their opponents to two sure, runs sure. in that winning streak. And when you get pitching from Colorado, I mean, you're always going to get hitting from Colorado. When you get pitching to go along with it...
1: And it makes sense. You will get better pitching from them on the road, most likely, than at cores. Uh,
0: you know, absolutely. And, and they're never going to have their starting ERA yeah, exactly. for their steps never gonna be. It's never gonna, be, it's ten, never gonna no. be good. Uh, but th- they've got some guys that are you know that are pitching you know decent ball. And um, you know Cook's been you know a guy that you know can throw some good games for them. Um, you know he actually's going tonight. Uh, you know Hamill's come around in his last
1: couple. Um, I bottom don't know. The line is they got themselves now where they could say they're in the the, the chase for a wild no, card. No, they're, no, no, gonna blow, they're not are not going to you know, blow up that gonna, team. You're not going to catch the Dodgers when you're that's you so, know that's right. Twelve that's games right. back, they're going to blow now up you're that only team. Only two three yeah. games from the wild card. <laughs> no, I'm saying at least now they have something to play for.
2: Look at the bottom end of that rotation: Hamill, Rosa.
1: Dude, I'm not running out to get a Colorado jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <just laughs> telling you now, they're within striking distance of the wild card. Did you lose a game against Colorado <laughs> no, recently, no, Steve? And Detroit he's list he's pretty on his Pistons.
0: <laughs> <list>. <laughs> no,
2: I'm just. I'm not a fan of them. I <laughs> you know, you I'm know, not a fan. It's uh, nothing personal. Uh, you had
1: saying, the nothing. Padres against them that year, didn't you? Um, I remember that year World That year they went to the World Series. <laughs> that is correct. I was fading them every time. <laughs>
2: right. and I, That was my best baseball year ever it was two years ago. And those, well, I don't want to use an obscenity, but those guys <laughs> really hurt my record because I, I it. faded it. them I knew every it. time. You know? I knew
1: it. That hurt a lot yeah. of people yeah. But that
2: was, then. yeah, that was a couple years Stephen ago. Hull, he that holds so. pissed a grudge. off a lot of people <laughs>
1: back then.
0: He holds a grudge. Well, okay, so. Let me I tell you about that bad beat I had yeah. in poker. <laughs> the. Uh, Takeaway here is that uh, generally we all kind of agree that Colorado's definitely playing over their head. Stephen adamantly says they're playing over their head, so I think maybe <laughs> we'll, I, think, I have a feeling em. that when we get to the uh, third segment, we get some free picks. A hundred
1: dollars on every Colorado game, <laughs> yeah. you'd be up twelve dollars going into today. Well, let me make so that's one like point a half though about a sandwich this. And soup.
2: No, guys, in all seriousness, um, we saw it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. We're doing this on Wednesday, so it'll be interesting to see. How the how the Wednesday game fares? Cook is going for Colorado, and he's possibly you know you can say he's their number one pitcher, but they just lost a game that ended they lost at home to ended their eleven game losing excuse me eleven game winning streak do you play on them now or do you play off them once a team loses how they
1: bounce back yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. we, we that... spoke about that before and usually a good team you'll want to uh, follow them because they they could play at that level where if a team's not for real and they had to play at such a high level for such a, a long period of time and now they lose it's tough to get up again to that level but with colorado i think i'm mm. going to take a little wait and see approach although i wouldn't i wouldn't be afraid to bet them tonight i'll tell you that much i don't
0: i, I don't have numbers to back this up this this is just something over 30 years of doing. It seems to me that when a team has a long winning streak, they gen- and they have it snap. Yeah, yeah. They generally come back and, and and win the next game. You know, they they, right, they bounce right, right. back, and then it's like it's, it's yeah, over. Yeah, it's yeah, over yeah, that yeah. next five six game. Mm-hmm. They, Stretch they, they, is where, where they, they come two and four. Yeah, 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 yeah that's hear, just yeah. you know. I don't I have numbers, right. but, it's I don't just either, but I don't either.
1: But I I think you're right there.
2: Your memory is better than numbers, Smart. <laughs> I think you're right there. I I'd
1: agree. <laughs> oh, I
0: got a mind like a steel trap, a rusty one. <laughs> All right, now let's go over to the American League. Last week we kind of talked about the National League Central and some of the teams in there: St. Louis, Milwaukee, and such. Let's go to the American League counterparts and. You know, this is a division that, um, you know, really, uh, what, six-and-a-half games separates first to
1: last. Everybody's floating right around that 500 ball.
0: You know, is this a case of this division is that good and everybody's beating each other up, or it's this, this division's just mediocre and that's what they are. They're just all, you know, all five teams are mediocre. What, what's your take here?
1: I, honestly, I, I like Detroit. I think Detroit has um, the best chance to advance out of that, that division from what I've seen so far. Um, but I'm not convinced that they're the elite like uh, the Boston Red Sox or the New York Yankees. I'm just not sold on that yet. Um, one reason only, you know, uh, these teams are playing l- not well at all on the road. I mean that's when I look at a team that I want to back to do well especially playoffs I need to know they could win on the road because that's key um, and none of these teams have showed me they could do that. Especially look at Minnesota. I mean, they're eleven and twenty-one on the road. So if they didn't play in that dome, how good could they possibly be? That's what that tells me. A stat like that, you know, Kansas City ten and nineteen on the road. Yeah, to, so you can't be that strong of a team. And I don't think it's because it's within their division that they're just beating each other up.
0: To me, my my measure is if you can get close to five hundred on the road, exactly, you're going to be in in Detroit and the White Sox are both only two games under 500 on the road so those are the only candidates there Steven. it's a very weak hitting division
2: I mean it's like Cleveland without Sizemore they have nobody at the top they have nobody at the bottom of the order Detroit it seems like they're really missing Guillen uh Ordonez isn't having the big power year you're right other uh,
1: than Cleveland the, all yeah. four all four teams above them sorry not to interrupt you All play more to the under, yeah, over fifty-five percent. No, but you know, break them
2: down. You know, the Royals obviously don't score. The White Sox miss Carlos Quinton. They're they're not scoring. Uh, It's just a very weak hitting division.
0: Well, you know, my observation here, you know, Detroit's four games over five hundred. They got Justin Verlander that until last night, and unfortunately, I was on him last night. Was you know was pitching like an absolute stud. He had had nine straight. It starts where it gave up three runs or less. You got uh, Jackson, um, you know, who's, you know, pitching tonight. He's pitched over his head all, you know, all yeah. year. And then you had, you know, the, the young rookie, Porcello. He started the year out good. He seems to be coming back to the pack now. But with, you know, three pitchers in your rotation that have been, you know, that were pitching very good and you're only four games over five hundred and can't get any real separation, you know, in that – division, you know, how long can they go without the hitting to support it? Because the pitching's not going to last all year like that. No way.
1: And the reason, honestly, Marco, that I would not look to any of these teams to bet for a future, being a guy that looks for spots to bet futures, um, I, I couldn't bet on any of these five teams, actually. And even though we know one will get to the playoffs, because when you look at how they've played against, who's the dominant division in the American League's the East? We Absolutely. all know that with Boston and the Yankees and even Toronto and Tampa. Um, but when you look at how the AL Central has be performed against the East, it's such a tell and tale of what's to come. Detroit 4-10 and against the East. Minnesota 6-16 and against the East. That's dismal.
2: Can I sneak an event? Sure. Okay. Um, I was watching uh, last night, so this would have been Tuesday night, the um, Blue Jays-Phillies game. And I had the Blue Jays at like plus a dollar seventy-seven. I had them at a huge price, and they tied the game in the ninth. They had the bases loaded, nobody out, and Alex Rios was up. This was the single worst at bat I have seen all season. Ryan Matson, the Phillies' new closer, is on the mound, and the count is zero and two on Rios. Matson comes in with a pitch, perfect strike, perfect strike. Rios doesn't leaves the bat on his shoulder. The ump doesn't call it a strike. It's just mm. shocking blew the call mm. so the next pitch it's probably a ball um it's uh, it's it's over to play but it's low it's you know it Rios again doesn't swing the bat and this time he up, you know calls him out obviously because yeah. he missed the first Look. one how could he not swing at either of those two pitches it was the single worst at bat I've ever seen Alex Rio <laughs> Rios luckily it, the blue good. Jays won for me so well uh, I'll tell you what it, you it's, good thing. It, it's good, good. He, he
1: doesn't he, he doesn't reads let it, go. it back like he's Saying a poker hand, perfect. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like the button ring. All right, you guys, you memorize that
0: at bat too. If you had the Blue
1: Jays it. at that price, I love it. I love yeah. it. That tells you this guy's watching the games, man. That's awesome.
0: what, what a guy. But uh, definitely, you know, to me, I think if there's one team that, you know, that can come out of here, I don't know. They just this team to me for a small market team just seems to always overachieve, and that's the Twins. Um, you know, they're they're currently in second in the Central. If my pick to come out of there is going to be Minnesota, um, I think when it's said and done, um, you know they got some pitchers that can get the job done. And they Maller. do, you know. <laughs> I I think they they can score you know enough runs to get the job done for the Central.
2: There are certain teams that you when you back them um, that you kind of feel good having them as your team, and the Twins are one of those teams because they rarely beat themselves. They're a mm-hmm. smart baseball team where other teams, you know, like the the, the Brewers or station to station. It's very hard. They don't manufacture runs. And it's hard to because, you know, through the course of the season, obviously we're on all the different teams. But I always like it when I'm on Minnesota because you know you'll get a good effort. And, yeah, uh,
1: and, and even if you fall behind a little bit, you know they have the ability to come from behind because they're always in the like top ten in every offensive category. Always this team. Now, that's what I always liked about them through the years. If you lose with them, very rarely are you not going to get some runs out
2: of And them. plus, you know, um, managing can come into play. And there's, I'm just shocked by how many bad managers there are in baseball. And, you know, you look at Eric Wedge at, at Cleveland. You look at Cecil Cooper at Houston. And when you're betting these teams, when you're on your these boy. teams – You know, it's brutal. These guys make bad decisions, and they cost you your 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 bet. And it's uh...
0: bullpen. You know what's got me this year is uh, the bullpens. I I just I haven't seen a year where teams are. You know, you have unders that are are stone-cold locks going into the eighth and ninth ninth innings, and and teams are putting up four and five spots in the last inning. You know, it just blows your mind. That
2: A's-Dodgers game from the other night.
0: It's just unbelievable. But any final thoughts from you guys here in uh, segment two with the baseball here before we get to
1: some winners? No, just um, honestly, we're, we're starting to see as we approach now with NBA out of the way, and NHL out of the way. Now it's just baseball. And uh, I really think now's a good time where you could really profit because all the attention, all the action is on baseball. All them bettors that were betting basketball now switching over to baseball. So the linesmaker has to adjust as well a little bit more towards the public perception. So I think now these next two months – are the best time to do damage leading up to the All Star break and right after the All Star break. I think you have that window right there to really do some damage in baseball.
0: And a lot of you know, a lot of cappers start you know um, thinking about you know football. I mean, this is the time. Training camp's going to be starting in a few weeks, and you know we get uh, we get ready for football. Uh, yeah, know.
1: within the next three weeks, I think we're all starting to do our work.
0: You know, so. You know, it's a to me, it's a it's a blessing that we only have one sport, you know, to work with right now. Yeah. That you're not dividing your attention between, football, you know, so much preparation. Right, you know, you, you can do your normal baseball work and still have plenty of time to start, you know, football well, preparation.
2: What's so nice about baseball is that you can multitask. You know, you can be watching mm-hmm. the game, you can be reading your football magazines, mm-hmm. you can start your football handicapping while keeping an eye on, on the baseball game. You know,
1: I love baseball because baseball is one of them where it's so numbers driven because you have so much data where by this point, honestly, it pretty much is on cruise control. It's either you have a player, or you don't based on your work. So I, I love baseball. I look forward to this time to tell you the truth. Every year, these nice two months. Of, well, you've uh,
0: had great success uh, the second half of the baseball seasons
1: the last yeah, few I, years. I, I've, I need to gather data. That's my only weakness, and I've worked on that the last few years, how to start the season out stronger. And last year it worked, and this year it didn't as much. But now I'm – up for the baseball season i'm doing extremely well and i think i'm going to do better than i did last year i just feel that my work is stronger to tell you the truth. So. well
0: that's a, that's been a great second segment we will be right back in a moment when we will take a look at our free picks and we will give you a coupon we'll give away some of rj's money always my favorite part of the show we'll be back one quick second this is the sports betting preview show a pregame.com podcast
1: for the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit PregameAction.com.
0: Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo, along with Steven Nover and Vegas Runner. And this is our third and final segment, and we'll have some free picks for you. Before we do that, Uh, i got to give away some of RJ's money, and as we do each and every week, uh, we give you guys a coupon for listening to the podcast, and Sunday is Father's Day, and in honor of all the fathers out there, we are going to go with the coupon. It'll be good for $10. You'll be able to use it whenever you check out. Just buy any of our great picks from our cappers here at Pregame, and load them up in your shopping cart, and when you check out, you'll see a Uh, Enter a coupon code and just enter Father's Day 10. That's all one word, Father's Day and the number 10, and you will be able to get $10 off your order. And uh, talking about some hot cappers that we've got at the site, uh, I want to tell you guys about uh, Andre Gomes. Uh, Andre Gomes is a niche type of capper. He doesn't handicap all sports. And he has been absolutely ripping up the WNBA. And you can check him out. And I know a lot of guys, uh, and I don't know about Vegas runner, you'll bet anything. And a lot of guys don't want to bet women's basketball. But you know what? You don't have to like betting women's (laughs) basketball. You only got to like making money. And if a guy's got an edge for you in a sport, it doesn't matter what it is. Take advantage of the guy. Uh, I just wanted to tell you that about that with Andre Gomes. Check out his WNBA plays. Um, you can follow him at the site. Now let's get to the free picks, and uh, let's get things started. We'll go to our man just back from his birthday bash and a uh, little banged up from it, Vegas <laughs> Runner. You got a winner for us? Yeah, I'm, I am going to try to make you yeah, laugh because I know it hurts. It does,
1: it hurts. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to give him a winner. Uh what I'm going to do this week, Marco, because I, I want to give out a, a, a golf pick tomorrow. I'm going to Twitter it out either uh, tonight, probably, or, or early tomorrow. Um, and then we also have UFC, the, the tough finale this weekend. So there's a lot of things that I'll, I'll be giving out throughout the week. But the one thing that's gotten me more than anything else that's really bothering me is NASCAR. This year, I have not hit one race, man. I mean, I've probably bled away a lot of units, you know, one unit here, half units, and, and I'm still nicely ahead for the year, but it, just looking back, it bothers you that I, I have not been able to pick with NASCAR, and usually with NASCAR, you hit two, three races a year, you turn a little profit, it's fun, mm-hmm. it's enjoyable. Um, so I said, I'm going to tr- ask a, a friend of mine who's really sharp, does NASCAR, does mostly matchups, um, but when he does bet a guy to win, he usually picks a nice dog, and uh, if he is really betting it, I'll follow along. And he gave me Robbie Gordon this week at 15 to 1 at Sonoma. And uh, he really likes him. He's a road course driver. This is one of them races where it's a road course specialist. And I said, if I don't hit this race, honestly, I'm not going to touch NASCAR the rest of the year. It's just not meant to be. Um, But I said, I'll take a shot at this 15 to 1. And I like what he says. He's been preparing for sonoma for two months now and the last time he ran this well in sonoma he won the race so at 15 to 1 i think the odds are great obviously kyle bush tony stewart they're the favorites to win it but at 15 to 1 i'm going to take a shot to get back some of them units for one unit if not no more nascar for vr for the rest of the year all right let's go to steven Nover.
2: well rather than a specific pick i'm going to talk about a concept on sunday I thought the spot was right to take the Washington Nationals. I had them at plus two thirty against Tampa Bay. They had a four to nothing lead, so I'm thinking, well, I timed this right. This was the right spot. Well, lo and behold, they lost, and I, I, I had a an epiphany that uh, the realization there never is a good spot or a good no. time to play the nationals no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs>
1: not to jump in honestly i had this same talk with someone the other day who, who liked them and i said you can't like the nationals you can only like against the nationals when i handicap them i never handicapped it to like the nationals for one reason only they have a 250 win percentage that means they hardly ever get enough plus money for you to profit on them. I saw them get plus 300 once yesterday. They lost it. You, I mean, I've even seen them as favorite. A team with a 250 win percentage, you will not make money on. You have to fade. That's it. You could never look to back them. I don't care if they're a plus 180, plus 200. There's no value there. They win one out of four games.
2: You can't even play them on the run line, even if you think it's a good spot, because yeah. I, I don't think they, if at most, maybe they've lost one game by one run. All their other losses are by two or more runs, and there's no hope for them. They're, uh, they may be the worst fielding team in, the, in, the, in baseball. I shouldn't say maybe. They are, by far. Their bullpen is horrendous. Their starters are very young. And uh, their offense is station to station. It, it's uh, The managing isn't very good either. They're just a, a total team you can just not back. So if you can take anything uh, from any of my uh, wisdom, it's stay away from these guys. Uh, just don't, don't even be tempted to back them.
1: Fade them every chance any time you, you, you yeah, think it's you not, don't like them.
2: There's, it's not football. There's not a point spread. They mm. have to win the game, and they're not doing that. They're not even coming close.
0: What's well, frustrating. I, I've had the the Nationals a couple times this year, and you know I, I got a couple wins with them, but I, I, I've had some real gut-wrenching they're, losses. They're because 23
1: of, units on the run line. That means getting plus a run in a half uh, because they're hardly ever favorites. Right. You lost 23 units, yeah. so getting a run in a half ain't even enough. No, it's not. You are down they like don't... 30 units betting 100 a game, and They've only played sixty games,
2: and they haven't started even trading their best players, which they're going to do. You know, I don't yeah, think Nick Johnson going to stay uh, with them. That and, poor
1: kid that's going to be the number one draft pick. Yeah, he needs to pull an Elway and say, "I'm going to the NFL." <laughs> you All right, let's go to uh, my free pick, and we're going to look at a
0: game. In uh, we've still got interleague action uh, this weekend, and I'm going to look at the uh, on. Uh, Friday. It should be scheduled. It's Cleveland against the Cubs, and uh, Cliff Lee is scheduled to go on Friday. Cliff Lee, you know, he got off to a little bit of a slow start at the beginning of the year, but this guy's coming up aces right now. Uh, He's coming off a brilliant start in his last game, big game. It was actually the Sunday night game last week. He out Carpenter on ESPN, and uh, he's in a groove. He's going to go into Chicago. The Cubs... Just, um, you know, I, I can't say enough. Uh, you know, this team should be playing better than they are, and, um, you know, they're just not getting it done this year. It should be a good pitching matchup. He's going to go against Heron. I'm going to take uh, Cliff Lee uh, on Friday, I believe, is the day he will be scheduled. Either day, Friday or Saturday, I will like him in the rotation, and that's going to be my pick, uh, the Cleveland Indians, the game Cliff Lee goes. And uh, any closing thoughts, guys, on uh you want to give for before we sign off this week
1: i just want to wish everyone out there a happy father's day this weekend and enjoy your time with your families never never forget sports is every single day all year round you'll never feel bad about missing a day missing a game you know put every keep everything in perspective
2: it's really a good time of the year now to take vacation
0: Absolutely. But uh, is being a professional handicapper's, uh, you know, we, we grind it out every day. Every day, baby. That's it. So uh, for Steven Nover, Vegas runner, this is Marco D'Angelo. You guys have a great week. We will be back next week, same time. And uh, this has been the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. Have a great weekend, guys. Talk to you next week.